2: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast, bringing you hard-hitting, open, honest conversations multiple times a week. And today we've got on a very special guest. He is known as a street debater, a philosopher, and he is also now a talk show host. Very outspoken man with some really interesting perspectives on a whole bunch of stuff. Sawra Garvey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having
3: me, man. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, Long, hard day at work, but, you know, now it's time to play.
2: (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I was actually just, um, over the last couple hours, I was just watching a few of your videos on YouTube. Funnily enough, I've seen them popping up on my recommended feed for a couple of years, and I've I've watched a couple of them in the past. And then on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, who should I talk to on the podcast and a couple of people mentioned you and I was like oh yeah that would actually be a really good conversation so why don't you introduce yourself to everybody who doesn't know you
3: well um I think I kind of you know popped up on the radar at, at London speaker's corner um I was a debater there uh, debating mostly religion um a little bit of politics but mostly religion I am um, actually went down there after studying uh, Abrahamic religion for about um say eight years and I used to see videos of people you know debating and stuff and I kind of thought well you know what I could actually go down there and say some stuff so um put myself down there and um you know people had their cameras out I was down there for about three years I'm not down there anymore but I was down there for about three years and then um yeah I kind of gained I think now my debates at Speakers Corner are kind of they're about three million views collectively Mm. Um, so yeah, people are definitely interested in debates. Definitely, yeah,
2: Yeah, definitely, man. I think, uh, we live in an interesting times where, you know, people are a little bit polarized, well, more than a little bit, people are polarized in a whole bunch of ways across a whole bunch of different axes. And I think it's conversation is, I think, more important now than it's ever been. I think it's really important to have open dialogue, open commentary, open Mm -hmm. debate, people are going to agree on some things. People are going to disagree on some things, but you know, we're living in these times where it seems like a lot of people want to shut down our views and ideas. They don't agree with freedom. We're of speech. In, exactly. We're living in a time where people are starting to question if freedom of speech is even a good thing, which is really bizarre to me, especially as somebody who grew up in Saudi Arabia, where the concept doesn't really exist. So it's weird for me to see people in the UK and in America fighting against freedom of speech. Cause, uh, It seems like it's moving backwards rather than forwards, which is quite bizarre to me.
3: I would actually agree with you. I would um, say that freedom of speech is actually under attack right now. Um, One of my, uh, I guess, videos that have one of the most views on YouTube was an interview that I'd done with Tommy Robinson. Um, I sat down and spoke to Tommy Robinson on specifically on the issue of freedom of speech. Um, We both uh, kind of felt like, you know, it was under attack and we sat down and had to talk about it now it, it caused a little bit of controversy because people thought oh my god you guys are like totally different guys i'm like a black nationalist and he's like a you know former head of the edl and the BNP. you know and he's now you know um i think he's gonna run i think they're saying he's gonna run for ukip mm-hmm. like why would what do you guys have in common and what i've tried to get across to people is regardless of what views you have in this country, okay. You're going to need freedom of speech you need a platform to speak your truth so if his truth is running for ukip or you know speaking about um the edl or speaking about you know muslims in great britain he needs a platform to do so just like i need my platform to speak what i feel like i need to speak about so freedom of speech will affect everyone and we and a lot of people don't really understand that trying to take down people's freedoms um, I said this so many times. Trying to take down people's freedoms, take it away. Um, when people's voices feel shut down, and people kind of get told not not to say stuff, what you what builds is a pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, when people know that their that their uh, words are going to fall on deaf ears, what is going to happen? Not that I'm condoning it. The next step is uh, physical retribution, mm-hmm. um, because they feel like they can't be heard. So they want to touch you, <laughs> you know, Yeah, yeah. so you can hear them. And um, I think if if the government is not careful, I think things are going to get touched.
2: Yeah, I th- that's what I always say. I mean, something I've repeated a couple of times on this podcast and I think in a couple of YouTube videos is that people really have three options. One is dialogue and discussion. Yeah. Two is separation and segregation.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And three is violence. Those are the Mm -hmm. only three ways you can resolve any issue. It doesn't matter if it's with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your child, um, someone in your community, someone outside it, another Mm -hmm. another entire nation, right? Once the talking stops, then yeah, either you need to just go your separate ways and be completely separated, which, you know, I don't think is necessarily a good idea for a lot of reasons, but, you know, or the other option is to go to war, whether on an individual level or on a group level. And I think when it comes to this freedom of speech thing, I just think people are not thinking through it completely. And they're not really understanding why it is so important. I mean, I had someone commenting on um, a YouTube video the other day, sort of, they were saying something like, the only people who defend freedom of speech are people who want to engage in hate speech. And I was like, this is such a, a stupid thing to say. Wow. And that's not the first time I've even heard someone say that. They were saying, you know, the people who go on and on about freedom of speech, they're just trying to get away with hate speech and this and that.
3: And then they'll they... call you far right next.
2: Mm-mm. Oh, I've, I've had all sorts of things. And then um, they started talking about how marginalized people need to be protected and this and that. And I was trying to tell them freedom of speech is how people who were previously marginalized and genuinely oppressed actually were able to have movements because they had freedom of speech. That's the only way, like all these groups, all these groups you're talking about, these minorities, whether you're talking about gay people, whether you're talking about women's liberation or whatever, without freedom of speech, none of that stuff would have happened. So I think people always, people have this sort of short-sighted view of like, thinking that their, their personal decision of what is acceptable and what is not is the only one. So, okay, everything I believe and support is freedom of speech anything outside of that is hate speech. So they try to play this game, not realizing that the same thing can be used against them.
3: They're becoming, I think they're becoming the the new intolerant. Mm. And they try to call other people intolerant. Um, so they're becoming intolerant of other people's views, which is basically supremacy. I've always said that any supremacist ideology is a threat to humanity. Mm. Anyone who thinks their way is the best way and only their way should be looked upon as the best way. Is a threat to humanity. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, religious supremacist, you know, Chinese supremacist, you know, ideological, it doesn't matter what the ideology that you have. Mm-hmm. If you think, um, yours, it's good to think yours, your way is better, but if you think you should, you should enforce that on people,
4: yes. then
3: we start to see the problem. Then we start to see people push back and say, hey, you can't force that on me. I know you feel that way, but you can't, I don't think the same way as you, and you can't force that on me. So, yeah, I really do think that, um, um one of my you know co-hosts on my show big bro says we live in interesting times and um yeah i'm gonna take that from him we live in interesting times
2: yeah (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure i've said that exact phrase in those exact Mm. words a couple of times man yeah i often say we we live in topsy-turvy land where sort of right is left and left is right woman Mm -hmm. is man 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 is woman up is down down is up good is bad bad is good it's it's very strange you're just like what it's becoming harder and harder to tell the line between reality and satire. That's the thing. And and I noticed this myself. I don't know if you saw the viral tweet I put out a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you happen to come across no, this. Go okay. On. Okay. <laughs> it's been it's been in international news. So I at the end of February, I put up I posted a video on Twitter. If you go on my Twitter, it's actually the pinned tweet. Okay. I posted a video of me doing a deadlift in the gym.
1: Okay. And
2: I said that I identified as a woman whilst doing the deadlift. So I'm now the British women's powerlifting champion in both the uh, deadlift, <laughs> in both the deadlift and the bench press, and the video got over 1.3 million views. Oh the, wow! I had follow-up interviews with RT, BBC, um, The Daily oh, Wire, wow. loads of places. The interviews got over four million views, and it's just opened up this huge, oh,
1: gigantic
2: wow. can of worms. But what's been really interesting in the feedback of it is. People aren't even sure. You can tell by the comments. People people were not sure if I was being serious, if I right. was joking, if it mm-hmm. was right. It's like people aren't, can't even tell anymore.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: People, <laughs> I was speaking to one of my friends earlier, and you know, his, he was he said uh, some of his friends saw, it and he was like, "Oh, isn't that like your mate? Is your is your mate is your mate trans? Is he is he this? Is he that? You
3: know, like
2: because they, they didn't like they didn't, they couldn't even tell. They were like, "Is this serious? Is it?" And that kind of just shows how weird. How weird things are
3: it's funny because i did a show um i did a show uh, a couple of weeks ago with some women like uh, four different women and myself sat down to, and one of the questions i asked them was about the trans thing and about the whether, whether or not as women they feel like transgender are actually women because mm. i said you're your, your four women sitting down with me today are transgender actually women and what I saw initially was like, a, oh, um, mm, that's sensitive. Ah, mm, and I was like, chill out, talk. Mm. But the fear, again, of retribution, mm. right, made them kind of pull back from it. And I said, when, when did we get to that point when I can ask you a, a basic question and something in you says, don't answer that because you know somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is th- the thing about freedom of speech is that feelings are going to get hurt. But that doesn't that doesn't mean we don't have the conversation? Do you know what I mean? So we yeah. we have to have the conversation. Feelings are going to get hurt, and if your feelings get hurt, we can try and talk that out too. But to say, oh, you're not allowed to hurt my feelings. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. when did feelings trump facts? and you know logic and rationale and reason when when did we start you know substituting feelings for all of these things and I and i really do feel like when it comes especially when it comes to the trans issue because they were women and i said you know you've got wounds ovaries you know breasts you know smear tests periods and all that kind of stuff and you know what it is to be a woman so is it okay for this man generally over 40 year old men after living like a life of a man to just turn around and say you know what I'm done with this man thing I'm going to be a woman today and you must accept me as a woman Mm -hmm. it's and I'm saying for women how must that feel that somebody could just kind of encroach upon your territory like that and just say yeah well I'm a woman now and it's like yo you spent 40 years as a man what I'm like what does that feel like as a woman you know what I mean because I as a man if a woman came to me lived 40 years as a woman and said now I'm a man. I I am my general thing is no you ain't. Mm. Because I know what it is to be a man. No, you ain't. Yeah. But um it seems that we can't um, you know, just have a very simple dialogue about that nowadays because people's feelings really do get hurt.
2: Yeah. I mean it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks for me though, because again, I've been able to um I've been able to reverse that logic. It's like this um this inverse logic and this sort of weapon has been created and as a result of all the feedback I was getting from that video when it was going viral is anybody who criticized me for it, I, I was just flipping it on their head every single time. Mm. I, just, I, I said, well, you said that you are now denying my reality, right? You've mm. said, you've, you've told me that if I identify as a woman, I can be a woman. And then I post a video of me doing a deadlift where I say I identify as a woman. And now yep. you're attacking me, claiming that I'm not genuinely a woman, but you've just yep. told me, so you're the one now who's being a bigot. You're the one now who's being transphobic because you don't know me. So you don't know what I was genuinely feeling at the time. Well, and and there's the you know, and again there's this concept of gender fluidity, so it's not even that yes. you need to, you don't even need to be consistent. So I can say, in fact, when I go to the gym, I do genuinely identify as a woman when I'm in the gym. So right when now, in, yeah. right now I'm a man. But yeah. when I go to the gym, when I'm lifting, no, I do identify as a woman. And to to deny me that is to now be a bigot so Mm. i I did not i'm not the one who made these rules i'm simply just saying if you're going to be consistent you have to be consistent
3: Mm, yes and but like i said it feelings have been substituted for facts yeah you were saying when it happened i was going to say around 2014 i reckon Oh, is, it, is that what happened? Roughly. Was that the Bruce Jenner thing? Is
2: that... I, I don't know. I feel like, don't you think around 2014 in general was when lots of stuff just accelerated and it, st- it started seeming like all, a, a whole bunch of stuff in the past five years. It's
3: just been very
4: The past five weird. years has
3: been crazy, definitely. The past mm. five years has been absolutely mad with yeah. um with everything, with everything. It has definitely been mad, but I feel like the wave. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but the wave of transgender is just like it's not going anywhere, mm. and I feel like it's about to encroach upon again freedom of speech. I mean, my show um, is called the Black Opinion, and um, we've only just started it a few months ago, and um, you know it's gaining traction now. And um, yeah, we go on my show. We go into all types of topics, and we've done we've done Brexit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke down Brexit. On the show, we've done Donald Trump and we've done what it means to, what does it mean to be black? And um, that was one that I kind of wanted to speak about. Well, the show is called The Black Opinion, so it's okay. Um, But I wanted to kind of speak about what it does mean to be black because I feel like in this day and time, um, there's like a blurred line. Like people find there are so many kind of divisions within black people generally. You know, Um, I speak to them a lot and they say, oh, I'm a Christian. Okay. I'm a Muslim. Okay. I'm a Hebrew. Okay. And now in America, the new thing is, oh, I'm an Aboriginal. Okay. Well, I'm a American descendant of a slave. Okay. Like I'm not an African. Okay. And it's like, when did this much division and confusion, you know, pop up um, in black people? So I really do think that it's like a conversation that black people need to have amongst themselves as to who they are. I think there's an identity mm-hmm. crisis going on and i think that's one of the reasons why we actually made the uh, show called the black opinion is for everyone you know it's not just for black people but it's just three black guys sitting down chopping it up talking about different topics really yeah yeah so i mean
2: is there a black opinion is there an objective definition of what it means to be black beyond having a certain amount of melanin in your skin
3: <laughs> hell no um that and, and that's a general consensus mm-hmm. no because there are many opinions and everyone kind of um feels like their version of blackness. Um, this, is one of the, this is one of the conversations we went into on the actual show. Um, as UK uh, British black people, we kind of feel like the US American uh, black person kind of tries to monopolize the black experience and what it kind of means to be black. So it's like, yeah, well, being black is like Malcolm X and it's like Rose Parks and it's, you know, it's the movement and it's the Black Panthers. And it's like, well, you know, if you go to South Africa, They've definitely got a black experience there okay mm-hmm. If you go to Ghana they've got one there even if you come to Europe we've got one here so no one really has the monopoly on it and I, and it's kind of and I feel like the the gap needs to be bridged amongst black people globally to kind of say listen who are we what's what's going on because there's a lot of division and um, there's a lot of arrogance as well you know people kind of see like because you, you know if you if you speak too well you know you're obviously not black enough. <laughs> right Uh, i I know those ones yeah you're not you're not black enough and i'm like well (laughs) who's who said what do you mean like what does that mean what because i don't speak ebonics every two seconds i'm not black enough i don't get it yeah where's this yardstick of what it means to be black so um yeah it's definitely an interesting conversation that i think needs to be had
2: yeah i mean how important do you think that um black identity is i mean i'm not really um I'm very far from any type of identitarian, like obviously I'm black like i can I can see myself in the screen, I can see myself in the mirror no, but um are you
0: serious
2: <laughs> well, you know i mean at, for the, for the for the time being, tomorrow, who knows, man I mean, I've already tried being a woman it's i might might i might try, I you, might can try be tra- being, you
3: can be transracial tomorrow man
2: look man i've heard I've seen people who are trans species, so you know there's got people identifying as cats and dogs out here, yeah, so you're not wrong. So Mm -hmm. like, as I say, I don't, I don't make the rules, but I'm very happy to play by them if, uh, if people want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm not, not even joking. This is a side note, but someone was actually telling me about, um, I don't know if this is someone, one of their colleagues in their workplace. I think this is in California. Someone who works in Silicon Valley was telling me about this and they were saying that, um, they know somebody who identifies as a cat. And so they've made demands to HR in their company to um, provide them with um, a litter box in their office—I'm not joking—to provide them with a litter box in their office, and to to eat food <laughs> to eat food no. out of a bowl. I'm not even. No. Jo- <laughs> I'm not even no. joking. <laughs> Just no. I, I'm not even joking. It was. I was like. I was like. I wish this were. I, I was. Like, I wish this were a parody, but I know you're actually being dead serious because people are people but are
3: going. But to then, hard. how crazy? How crazy does the world have to get? before we bring it back to the like and say you know what no that's a little bit too much now you know like what are we gonna we're we're gonna be identifying as (laughs) aeroplanes you know and that someone's allowed to jump off the building as an airplane
4: Mm.
3: because that's what they thought they were this is what i mean it's like where does it stop where does a crazy stop i don't understand and and that's the thing you're talking about reality like people attempt to you're allowed i always say you're allowed to feel how you want to feel Like, I'm not trying to take that away from you. But what you're not allowed to do is dictate to me that your reality is now my reality. No, you can't do that. So you can't tell me, oh, because I feel like a cat, then I'm a cat. I'm like, bro, I'm looking at you. You're not a cat. (laughs) I know you feel that way, but don't ask me to get you cat food and don't ask me to put litter in your box. It's just not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But go ahead and feel like a cat. Do you, but... You know, don't expect me to do that. And I just, I just don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't know when the crazy is going to stop.
2: I've had times where I'm in, I'm in a certain group, either in the real world or online. Mm. And sometimes you get to the stage where I start questioning, like, am I the crazy person here? Right. Mm. I'll be, I'll be in a group with five people and they'll, all four of them will be saying something that is just objectively false, right? Yes. Ob- yeah, objectively yeah, yeah, yeah. false. And yeah. I'm the one who's there like trying to defend reality and the actual facts. Yeah. And they're like, no, no. And it gets to the stage that like, when you're outnumbered and you're like, am I, the, am I the mad one here? Yeah, like, now you're
3: now you the crazy one. Yeah. Now you're the crazy one. <laughs> it's very strange. It's very, very weird. And you're just like, oh, majority rules, this, majority rules, you
2: see. Yeah. It's really weird. It's like, um, I'm wearing a black hoodie right now, but it would be like, maybe, you know, I, I see it as black, but I'm in a room with 10 other people and they're all telling me it's yellow. Yes. Right. I'm gonna start. I'm I'm so sure it's black. Like, and it's always been black. But at some point, I'll be I'll be questioning. I'll be like, Am I mad? Am I am I the one who's because the numbers don't make sense? I'm like, How can
3: everyone else be saying it's yellow? And then they made and it. And then and then if they made it a law, yeah. that it's against. <laughs> it's a, you cannot call it black anymore. Mm. You know, you have to call it yellow, and because calling it black is going to offend some people's feelings, then the yellow is a new black. Yeah, you know? and <laughs> black isn't the yellow, so it's really yeah. Annoying. I think the objectivity is something that you know needs to be, and th- I mean, there are people doing it, there are people pushing them, up. there are fringe people pushing things to be objective, you know, and logical, and rational, and reasonable nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like people like Candace Owens, I like people like Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. um, you know, even Jordan Patterson. I even you know there are people that are as, trying to be as objective as they can mm-hmm. what i do find is when people do do that the, the you know the people with a lot of feelings don't yeah. tend to not like it okay and um it feels like a lot of the mainstream media are feelings based um individuals mm-hmm. so they feel the need that you know for to cater to, to people's feelings and i've always said listen the facts don't really care about your feelings you know they don't and they're not supposed to. The facts aren't even there to be good or bad. The facts aren't even there to make you feel good. Yeah. They're just there to be the facts. It's up to you how you are uh, how you deal with that. Yeah,
2: it's very weird because you know we can we can debate opinions and positions all day, but if you if you no longer have the baseline of facts and mm-hmm. just simple definitions of words, it's like if you can't even, if we can't even agree on these things, it's very becomes very difficult mm-hmm. to have a to have a conversation because. I'm here saying, okay, these are the facts. You can put them on the table. You can look them up in a book. It's like, these are the facts. And the person's like, no, like the facts don't matter. And it's like, you can't even, how can you have a conversation with that kind of person? Because there's no, you're not even working from the same substrate of reality.
3: Well, now you're talking that, now you're talking like this, i will have to ask the question whether you're religious or not.
2: I am, yes, I am a Christian. Always have been. Born, Born a Christian,
3: raised a Christian. Right, so being factual... (laughs) <laughs> trying to be as objective as possible
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, there's no factual proof for the existence of a god there's no objective proof for the existence of a god yet if we, if we go back to my speaker's corner um, uh, debates that, that's one of the main arguments that I used to bring to religious people
4: mm-hmm.
3: there's no factual evidence for the existence of a god that's not to say that a god doesn't exist
4: mm-hmm.
3: that is to say that If you, if you're going to push it as something that exists, you are going to have to prove it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the entire position of religion is based on faith.
4: So
2: I'm a religious person, but I will be the first person to tell you that I cannot be certain. I cannot tell you objectively as a fact that God exists. I can tell you, I I believe in God. I believe that God exists and I can understand why people would believe God exists. And I can also understand why people would believe that God does not exist Right, you know, because I've thought about these positions very well. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of very intelligent atheists, I've listened to the arguments, we've had very deep, multiple hour conversations on them. So I I understand their perspective, but I am not someone like anyone who says that they know for certain that God exists is either foolish or is being dishonest. Because I'm a Christian, I believe I believe God exists, but I cannot tell you, I cannot say as a fact that god exists. I'm like, I don't know. Like I I can say I think he does because of xyz and because I, you know, these things that I've experienced or that I've witnessed, you know, this is why this is why I think or a- applying certain logic to how the universe and how everything exists, right? I can be- I have a reason to believe there's some form of intelligent design. Right. But
3: I don't know. You know, ultimately mm-hmm. ultimately it's- I don't know and I'll be humble enough to be like So essentially oh. you, you but essentially you get that there's a difference between knowing and believing something.
2: Yeah, well, it it mean it's called faith. Like you're called a, I believe, I believe in God. Right? Yeah, you're mean, a believer. Yeah, doesn't so, mean well, I know that God exists. It means I believe. I have faith. So I know that I could be, I could be wrong. I cannot give you a mathematical, scientifically yeah. rigorous proof. No.
3: Yeah, because what I found when I was down at Speakers Corner in my debates, and I get, I think this is a reason why they gained so much traction. I was kind of explain to people what the difference between believing something and knowing something is. Mm there's actually a difference is I believe I can fly. Okay, cool. Go on top of a building and see Mm -hmm. splat. Now, you know, you can't fly. Okay. So there's a difference. You can believe a lot of things. Like people believe Tupac is still alive, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, that's cool, but can you prove it? Do you know that? And a lot of the reason, I guess why um, my debates gained traction is because I questioned, I made people question and questions are good. And then people asked me about my own uh, personal belief. And I said, I'm not an atheist because people, obviously, because I was questioning the existence of God, they said, oh, you must be an atheist. And I'm like, no, I'm a pantheist. And they were like, well, what's that? And I'm like, well, a pantheist is basically somebody who believes that everything is interconnected and everything is quote unquote divine. There's no, you know, anthropomorphic godhead that tells you what to do. How to do it when to do it it's that everything is connected and when i got deeper into pantheism you realize that it was actually quite i realized i was actually quite scientific because a very um basic saying about pantheism is everything is everything what pantheists say
4: mm-hmm.
3: everything is everything what does that mean if you go to the scientific level everything is energy the computer you're looking at right now me, me you myself Mm -hmm. everything is you know energy vibrating on different frequencies it takes on different forms so when panthea say everything is everything is interconnected if everything is the same thing just different then where's the separation is the question that i have to people where how can you separate something that is of the same something just Mm -hmm. vibrating something different um there was a very interesting debate that i went down there and in my system i give reverence to my ancestors ancestors i speak a lot about my ancestors. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And they were like, oh, your ancestors are dead. And I was like, no, here I am. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, I am my ancestors. And they couldn't grasp it. And I said, well, who are you, essentially? But DNA of your mother and father. Mm -hmm. That's your ancestors. And if they die, but their DNA of theirs, and theirs, and theirs, and theirs. So what you have right now encoded within you is a genetics of people that you have never met, but they're you, but it's their genetics living in you right now. And when you have your child, you know, you'll pass on your genetics to them and they will be a representation of their ancestors. So they live on. And they were like, yeah, but God. And I was like, no, but I just I just said something to you that made sense. Um, in my system, um, everything comes from a pre-existing substance or material. Mm-hmm. So it's all connected. So this computer screen, which is glass, was once sand on the beach. Because that's what glass is made from. So when you go to the scientific uh method, it says energy cannot be created. It merely transforms from one form to another. And that's all we are. We're just energy transforming from one form. So I would say, what form were you in before you were this form? Sperm and egg, that was your form. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Okay. Before you were this guy, you know, before you were Zubi on the you were sperm and egg. So that was your form. What what form was, you know. Anything that you see, that you look at right now in your room, it was in another form before it was in that form. So (laughs) everything that we know of comes from a pre-existent substance, pre-existent substance or material. So it's just a continuous cycle in my system. Mm. So Mm. there is no real death because once you go into the ground, you become something else. I get you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that
2: that makes sense. That makes sense. mm.
3: Yeah. Um, But no
2: God. (laughs) <laughs> nah. No you're, you're, you're welcome to believe that, man. I don't, want, I, don't want to, I don't want to drag the whole thing into a, a one hour, um, one hour religion dear. debate because there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. But I yeah, I mean, to. with with religion, you know what I mean. Like I'm very um I believe what I believe, but I'm very um I'm very honest and I'm pragmatic with it as well. This might be rare amongst a lot of I don't even know if it's rare, but this might be rare amongst certain certain types of religious people is having the humility to be able to say, look this is what I believe I'm not enforcing this on anyone I, if someone wants to know why I believe in God I'm, I'm like cool I'm happy to have that conversation they may listen to the whole thing I say and be like okay that doesn't that doesn't convince me or that doesn't whatever right because I mean firstly it's it's whether someone is religious or irreligious it's very these are like deep holes like it's it's very hard to uh, take someone who's a who's like a staunch atheist, and give them any kind of argument that's going to bring them to believing in God. And if you've got someone who truly believes in God and has faith in God and has done for decades,
4: mm.
2: it, you know, there's no atheistic argument or scientific argument that's going <laughs> to pull that person, pull those roots out. You know what I mean? So,
1: I mean, I it, was one religious. Oh, though, it, it,
2: there, there might be, but it hap- it, I mm. mean, it's, it happens both way around, doesn't it? You've got people yeah, who are atheists their yeah. whole life and then they become religious. You've yep, got people yep. who have been religious their whole life and they go the other way. So it can happen. I'm just saying that it's one of those things, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very personal process. And it's one of those things, ultimately, as weird as this may sound, it's extremely important in a way, but it's quite unimportant in another way, right? In terms of people's day-to-day lives, in terms of people being able to get on with each other and be tolerant in the legitimate sense of the word and to mm. be able to appreciate different perspectives and all that, mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't... Doesn't really matter, right? If you're if if someone's using their religion to go out and not unless people, they're trying to act, not it, unless yeah,
3: they're exactly, trying to if, hurt if, you with it. Or, if,
2: yeah, if you're using it to justify malice or to justify murder or to justify some which war, it has, or which
3: it has been used for in the past, of
2: course, of course, it has, and currently and, and in the present, no, absolutely, mm. I'll be I'll be the first to say that. Mm. I mean, I was having this conversation with my girlfriend yesterday, funnily enough, and I was saying that look, the way I, the way I look at the world and looking at history as well and just human nature is bad people are going to do bad stuff and Mm -hmm. people can use any type of ideology or religion or belief system or whatever, to try to morally justify the bad stuff that they do, but there Mm. are people, but, or they, or they might just do it and not even be basing it on any ideology, right? There are, there are people who are atheists who are terrible, evil people. And there are people who are atheists who are wonderful, Moral people. Right. There yeah. are people who are religious, who are wonderful moral people. There are people who are religious, who are evil, and use you know some of them are even high up in the religions themselves. Right? They're using their position of power to yeah. and other people's faith and other people's belief to you know subjugate or or harm those people, and and that absolutely yeah. happens. That you see these, mm. you see some of these pastors, you see some of these churches, especially in America, you know where they're you know the pastors got a, a private jet and is making tens of millions of dollars and is there, you know, taking from people who are poor. And you know what I mean? Like, to me, I'm like, man, that's the person who, that's the person who needs to fear God's judgment, right? (laughs) I'm like, that's the person who needs to, to, you know, if God is real as I think he is, that's the person he's going to be having some serious, some serious words with. with, Yeah, yeah, serious words with, because that's like, you've you've now taken this whole thing and you're now just using it to, for your own
3: individual And I kind of think, I kind of think that connection to that source, right, is a personal one. Mm. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all model. You know, like, if people say, okay, cool, cool, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian, or I'm a Jew or something, and it's like, well, there's a collective of these people, Mm -hmm. right? And if they are are the chosen ones, and everyone else... Isn't the chosen ones right? Mm. It's like, well, a personal connection is a personal connection because I've always said people say that God is limitless, right? And I've always said, okay, so God is, God is limitless, and they said, yeah. I said, well, why is he limited itself? Why is he limited himself to Christianity then? Or why is he limited himself to Islam? Mm. Why is he limited himself to Judaism? If if this thing is limitless, I, I look at mm. it like a like a phone, phone box, if I want to contact him, any phone box I pick up, any phone I pick up is limitless. I should be able to call him and contact him. And yeah. get in con- like I should be able to contact this entity via every single spiritual um, source on the planet because mm-hmm. he's limitless. However, you know, people say that this thing is, not, is limitless, but now limited to not even just the religion, but like this book, mm-hmm. whatever the book may be. And I'm just like, mm, that scene just seems highly
2: convenient yeah for the follow up that's not my personal perspective mm. i mean the way i've always looked at it literally since a child and again maybe because i grew up in saudi arabia so i grew up in the most islamic country that exists and you're and a christian i'm a christian yeah so did you
3: grow up a muslim
2: no no i grew up a christian my whole family's christian my oh like, so
3: so yeah. christians
2: are cool in saudi now um yeah i mean if you're if you're a family who's like i mean we lived in like a big expat community
3: so, oh,
2: okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay. if you're if you're there, then it's like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, okay. You know, you you you, you don't want to go out into the cities and start yeah, you know, and start pre- pre- preaching, <laughs> start start preaching on, start bringing your Bible out and preaching. On go the street, to yeah. and say you're no, a no, no. You're, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get arrested quick time. But no, no. In in terms of that, it's fine. So, I mean, the way I've always viewed it, and some people disagree with me with, on this one, but I think my belief, certainly with the Abrahamic religions, is that it's all the same God. I view it as different ways of worshiping the same God. I don't think that there is a Christian God and there's a Jewish God and there's a Muslim God. I think it's all the same God. Some people disagree with that perspective, but that's how I've Mm. always viewed it. It's all the same God and you have different ways, different traditions, different ways of doing things, but ultimately you're all praying to the same God. I don't see it as like, okay, this is my God God versus your God versus your God versus your God. Like
0: I don't, mm.
3: that's, that's not that's never how I viewed it. A lot would, listen, if you came to speak, if you were ever at Speaker's Corner in London, they would disagree a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and, and that's, and that's fine. And, you know, I mean, whether or not that is correct, I, I don't know, but it's certainly, it certainly makes sense to me. And it also makes sense from a terms of practical harmony and unity. Do you see what I mean? So,
3: yeah, if... but then the thing is, what it sounds like in you is that essentially you're a person who wants to be cool with everyone, you know, like, and everyone cool with you and kind of, you know, you do your thing, I do mine, it's all good. Mm. I'm that kind of person. But I just find, me personally, religion does, it likes to divide people. Mm. And um, it does divide people. And I just, it... I, I, I do question.
4: It does, not.
3: it does, but it also unites people. So It does. It, it, does depends on, it really depends on... But it can unite people yeah. in dividing them mm. from the other. Do you know what I mean? So, you yeah. know, I spoke to a lot of Muslims at Speaker's Corner, mm. and they were very united in division mm-hmm. against a kuffar. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Against the one who's not of them. So you know they will take literally any word from any Muslim over someone who's not, even if the one who's not a Muslim makes more sense. Yeah, well, doesn't matter. I mean
2: that that's a problem. I mean that's when people are, you know, everyone everyone's an individual. As we've been talking about earlier, some people are a lot easier to have a discussion or a debate with than other people are. Mm-hmm. With some people it's very tiring because they just, you know, a lot of people struggle to separate themselves from their beliefs. So if someone is critical of my beliefs, if someone Mm -hmm. criticizes something I believe in terms of social values or politics or religion or whatever, I don't take that as a personal attack on my very character. Do you see what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, you see what I mean? Someone can be critical of Christianity, you know, and say, oh, you know, what about this? In the you know, like, there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff in the Old Testament. I'm, I'll be the first to say that, right? There's a whole, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a That's bunch of stuff blasphemy. in there. There's a bunch. Of, me. Of, yeah, you know, New Testament, not so much, but Old Testament, it's like, man, there's some stuff in there that is certainly by today's moral standards sounds extremely questionable or right. a little bit contradictory and whatever. So I've got questions that I want to go and you know ask someone who's a theologian and be like, okay, like, what's this? what's this bit like about, you know, what's this bit about? Yeah, Cause I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it all myself. It's a very complicated book. So sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of why I was saying all that. So yeah, no. So I was saying it's um in terms of the unity and division thing. Like I think that human beings are tribal. So yeah, human being human beings will always find something to divide themselves by and attack one another for. And The way I look at it is, I think the best you can do, whether this is under a religion, under a nation, under whatever, I think the best thing you can do is make the tent as big as you can. You see what I mean? Mm. So a lot of people think like, okay, if you took religion out of society, people would stop being divided, people would stop fighting. What? And I'm I'm like, no, I don't. don't know some people say that. I'm I'm just like, no. Like they'll just find something. We'll find something else. We'll find something something else. It might be politics. I mean, look at what's happening with politics right now, right? It'll be politics. It'll be ideology. It'll be some. It'll be, you know people will divide themselves over what food they eat. Literally. Yeah, because you're a you vegan. Exactly. You're a I, I, I I lost I lost a friend because when he became vegan, he wouldn't speak to me anymore because I was not vegan. What? Yeah, I haven't spoken to him since he became vegan.
3: Yeah, but that's his division now. You
2: see. Yeah, but but you see what I mean? I'm like, if that's not like. <laughs> That's that's going beyond like that's that's more hardcore than like a religious fundamentalist. You see what I mean? And it's Mm. like, I think you've got a lot of secular religions in today's society. Right. Mm. They're not they're not religions in a way, but a lot of these ideas and the way people behave. I'm like, that's a religion. You know, like you see it on you see you see it on the extreme ends of the political spectrum,
3: because if you. So then it's politics then. Would you say that politics is like a religion nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I, look, like I affiliating think, yourself with a certain group.
2: Absolutely. Look, I think people people like to belong to something and people like to find meaning in their life. So I believe that every, maybe not every single person, I believe that the vast majority of people have what I would call a religious core. And that can be filled by a religion or it can be filled by another type of belief system or ideology because ultimately people are going to, you know, were pieces of sentient meat on a spinning rock that's like flying through space at some point in your life people are going to be like well what's the
3: there's no spinning rock man the earth is flat didn't you know
2: <laughs> i have heard i have heard and pe- people are welcome to believe that one too but, um... <laughs> that, that one i think the counter evidence is a bit more is, is very strong but
3: um no, no, that's a conspiracy, man. That's a conspiracy. Yeah,
2: but you know, I mean, like again,
3: that, that belief system <laughs> that's is. What they say. I'm just bringing the argument. I know, Let's man. See. That belief is, you
2: know, as we've said earlier, people can believe, um, people can believe whatever they like. But I do think that's what what is interesting is you'll find a lot of the people who are the most fanatical about some of the ideas we were talking about earlier. Mm. Those those are not religious people in the traditional sense. Those tend to be people who don't believe in God. But I think that their own religion. You could call it intersectionality. You could call it extreme leftism. You could call it whatever secularism. you want. Sorry, secularism. Yeah, but it, it's it's almost like it's become a reality to them. They even have their own words. They have their own rules. They get extremely offended if you if you question them or challenge them. They're going around right. trying to con- they're going around trying to convert people. They're you know the way they behave to me. You know they're banding around in little groups. Look at all these protests. You know look at some of these protests where they you know they're chanting. They're, they're just chanting they're like in a trance they're not they're not even you know you were talking about guys like ben shapiro and jordan peterson have you seen some of the people who protest them
3: yes yeah they're very like, le- they're very far i don't want to say far <laughs> left they're, and they're very emo highly sensitive and emotional
2: yeah and it's but it's like, right. it's, like it's cult-like do you see what yeah, i mean that's, that's what i'm saying when it's like it's to me that's like a secular religion because you can't, you can't even get through to them. They're just, they're just chanting. What they're saying might not even make sense, right? You've got Ben Shapiro, who's an Orthodox Jew, and they're, they're, they're calling him a Nazi, a Nazi. or a white supremacist. And you're just like, yeah. what are you? What, like, you can't reason yeah. with them. There's you're no, just like, no, you can't
3: do you do? reason with that. You can't reason with that. Yeah. But then, I don't know. I mean, I sit down and I do have conversations. And I think, where's the world going in mm. 50 years' time? Where are we at? You know.
2: Yeah, I hope. I
3: think like, pe- if, if it's going this way now, mm.
2: I think the pendulum means, will like,
3: swing further.
2: But I think it'll swing back.
3: See, it seems like it's getting a little bit too uh, Orwellian, a little bit too Big Brother statish, a little bit too. I'm going to watch, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to try and watch what you say, tell you what to say, how to say it, and if you don't, then you get an X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um I really do feel like the world is going that way. Whoever is running this ship, okay, or whatever whatever society's running this ship, right, are are stepping into that vein. Whether or not they know it, I don't know whether they know it or not. Um, but I've always said pressure bursts pipes. And if you keep putting pressure on people and if you stop them from, you know, saying what they're supposed to say, saying what they want to say, at least having the voice of dissent, sometimes I you feel like, is this what they, do they want people to go crazy? <laughs> I have to ask a question because yeah. there's people that are running this shit that are smarter than me. And you, I'm not saying you're not a smart guy, but you know, the reason why they're running the shit. Is because they're smart and i'm like well they know that if you stop people from doing certain things you're going to get a pushback mm-hmm. everyone knows that but they're doing it and i'm like is that what they want
2: i don't know i have to ask the question i i agree with you i i think um i mean <laughs> i'm not i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i do i do have one big one i do have one big one which on. um my my <laughs> My one that I've been convinced of for the past couple of years and which starts to convince me more and more as time goes on is that there's the goal is to is depopulation in one word. I believe believe that there is a mission to depopulate certainly the Western world and maybe the world in general, because it seems like. The stuff. Okay, you get... so
3: okay, you, you So, what would be the um the reasoning behind you thinking that they want to depopulate the Western world?
2: As in, what would why do why do I think it's
3: the case? Yeah, why, why do you I... think that's the case? Yeah, what what's I, what, where are you I, going with this?
2: I think that's the case because nothing that would encourage people to get married and have children, etc. None of that is promoted. Everything that is promoted and pushed. Is stuff that will cause further division, drive men away from women, drive women away from men, reduce the. When you um, say
3: everything that's promoted. Well, I said that's okay,
2: a big, okay, okay. Maybe not. Look, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in culture and society that is yeah. promoted and pushed. It is antithesis to what you would consider normal, traditional family values and just healthy, normal lifestyles. OK, mm-hmm. so that this this is something that I know it's, it's something it's something I've, I've seen for years. And, you know, I've been I've been observing and it's like, certainly I think that there's been a purpose, a purposeful attempt. And this has been going on for like a decade to drive a wedge between men and
3: women. I, that seems clear to me. There's, yeah, there's but the thing is, mm-hmm. you're saying this, right? OK. And I'm not and I'm not saying what you're saying isn't correct, but I'm saying there's no benefit essentially in the long run in driving a wedge between men and women because you to, to continue because every human being and every living thing is programmed to survive everything into mm-hmm. the future. So reproduction is a part of that programming. So you saying that they're trying to stop that, that means you're trying to stop yourself from reproducing.
2: Are you aware yeah. that every single country in Europe has a negative birth rate?
3: Negative birth. yeah, I know they have negative birth. Every
2: rate. every single country without every fail.
3: single country every single one. Yeah, yes, I okay. know, I know that. Yes, but negative birth rate amongst Europeans, though. So it's so this is a thing. So it's a negative. So you're saying in the Western world, but I I know people that have come from Somalia, oh sure, Pakistan, sure, and whatever country, and they breed.
4: Yeah. yeah it's no, four, right
2: no, no, no. Four four or five children. So yeah. this is um, I'm not saying it's necessarily on a on a global scale. And this is where people start, you know, this is where it starts like being some sounding like some super loopy conspiracy theory. Right. But um when I see what's going on in like the UK and in Europe and whatever, you know, even some of this division we've been talking about, some of these weird ideas and weird ideologies. Mm. And, you know, I mean I've seen outright certain articles coming out encouraging people of you know, my generation essentially not to have children because, you know, you've got the whole, the whole climate change thing and people are saying, you know, the best thing you can do for the climate is to not have children. Or if you're absolutely going to just have one, they're putting out articles telling you how much money you can save by not having children, all the benefits of not having children. And and people are, people are buying it up. It's working, right? There mm. aren't, you know, decades ago, someone by the age of 30 would have, you know, a man by the age of 30 is standard would have like two, three, three. four kids. Yeah, exactly just standard and now you know it's things have been set up in a way i mean this this even goes into economics it goes into socioeconomics it goes into some of the ideas that feminine feminism has pushed on the more extreme ends lots of these things it's you know ultimately it leads to the destabilization of the family unit and that is what it's that's been happening for decades
3: so what okay so what what would be what would be the goal like we destabilize. I'm just going with you here. Though, yeah, by yeah. The way. I'm not even De- saying. I'm,
2: I, The thing is, I don't know what the ultimate goal is.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. saying,
2: like, when I see certain ideas and ideologies being pushed, I'm thinking, does this help the family unit or does this disrupt it? Okay, and most so- of the time, the answer is disrupt. And I'm like, why is that? Like, why, why, why are you not putting out anything that's encouraging young people to? Settle down, or be monogamous, or have children,
3: or okay, so you know, I'll, do do I'll, whatever. I'll, it's I'll, all just. Tr- I'll pi- I'll piggyback off the back of that, right? Mm. And most of the stuff that I like to speak about has to do with psychology, right? I had to, do, and and I feel like we can understand people by understanding the psychology of them. Mm. There's a there's a study of study of value, things people find valuable, called axiology. Okay, axiology is a study of value, what people find valuable, and what you find is varying cultures as we go around the world, we will find different things valuable, right? To other cultures. So in the Western world being a capitalist society, it may find trinkets, gold, diamonds, um, house, cars, whatever. And that's how we gain value. We may go to a tribe in the middle of the Amazon rainforest and the things they find valuable may be people, Uh, pigs I don't know cattle whatever Mm -hmm. say say, call it what you want so what I kind of find um in the western world and when you look at axiology is they have a member it's called member to object axiology so you know the highest value lies within the acquisition of an object or in an object Mm
4: -hmm.
3: whereas when you go to other countries other societies they have what they call member to member axiology and that means the highest value lies within another member of the human race, hence tribe, hence Mm. village, hence all these kinds of things. And um, I think what you find or what happens, this is my own personal opinion now, I think what happens is member to object axiologies focus on other stuff other than family, tribe, village. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So what you have in the Western world is Essentially, if you were to go into, I say antiquity, but if you were to go back 100, 200 years into a, people in Africa or people in South America and mm-hmm. ask them where your prisons are, they'll be like, what the hell is a prison? And you yeah. say, no, the place where you keep all your criminals. Now nah, we don't have those. Where's your orphanages? What's an orphanage? You know, the place where you put all the children that you don't want, you throw away children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. Where are your old people's homes? what's that? The place where you put all the old people? No, we don't have that because it's a totally different axiology. Mm-hmm. When you have a member to member, you don't throw your your criminals away. You don't throw your children away. You don't throw your old people away. You get to the Western world now. Totally different. Yeah, We find ways to get rid of children. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, We find ways to get rid of old people. Old people. We find ways to get rid mm-hmm. of people. It's a totally different axiology. But, yeah, you're right. But my point
2: is that That's relatively new. Like that's something that's been pushed over the last few decades, isn't it? I mean, if you were to go back even to the UK, I wasn't alive in 1950, but I imagine in the UK in the 1950, in America in 1950, a lot of those things would have been closer to that. um, What did you call it? Person to person axiology? Yeah. Member to member. Member to member. Yeah. I mean, if you were, if you were to go back, what I mean is it's moving away from that and more towards this consumer
4: yeah, but, ca- you know, but, capital-
3: have- but mm. extreme capitalism will cause that because extreme capitalism will essentially mm. lead you to have a different focus on what is important it's a fact and that's what we have yeah it can be a factor
2: i mean i think yeah, all right, because one of the yeah, factors yeah 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 it, yeah it can certainly be one of the factors i think that there's there are a whole bunch of factors that have been just I'm not saying capitalism is a
3: bad thing. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. I, I don't... I'm saying brutal capitalism, like because brutal capitalism is so member to so member to object mm. that it will kill people oh, yeah. in pursuit of that object.
4: Mm. I so don't think could... I
3: don't think we live in an extreme capitalistic
2: society, but maybe that's my view.
3: You don't? No, not at all. So you don't think that people having a ideology that if they need to get some minerals under the ground or some oil from under the ground and actually probably kill some people in the process and or move them off their land. That's not extreme capitalism. Okay. Okay.
2: On a, I know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. I guess I wasn't, I was thinking of it more from, um, like a within the nation perspective. I think right. okay. if, if, if you're talking about, yeah, you know, the, the big ass, big ass corporations that are yeah, that's dealing like in the
3: brutal, natural. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, extreme. I dream. I... Okay. No, I, and, I... and, and, and then it, the thing is that, um, mm psychology axiology feeds down to the people in which you know are in society Mm. so we we whether unconsciously or consciously think it's okay to basically mess someone over to get the thing that we want Mm. you know whereas other cultures would be like oh my gosh the shame Mm. that i would feel when actually doing something to another person because you know my family would ask me you know did you do it right? And look, all these different cultures. I just think, you know, what we what we are actually living in. We're living in a very extremely brutal, capitalistic system that is really festering some very interesting um, ideologies. Let's say that's that's my overall view.
2: That's interesting. That's interesting. I see. I would I would say the um, see this is this is where we we consider different different factors here right mm-hmm. i would say something like the loss of religion in the western world is a much bigger factor than capitalism
3: okay why what do you think loss of religion has done to the western world
2: i think it's shifted it's shifted the axiology in terms of what people value both individually and as groups i think it's mm. just it's just skewed people's perspectives of what is important what is valuable what they should be grateful for you know, I mean, it's linked to this whole. You know, we're living in the time where there's just this rise, this mental health crisis. For example, right? People are right. lack lack of meaning, lack of value, mm-hmm. lack of gratitude. I mean, on paper, people are better off than pretty much they've ever been. You know, people 100%, are
3: 100. Yeah,
2: the places with the highest levels of depression and anxiety are the richest countries. Not even even the richest parts of those countries. That's yes, where, that's where everyone is on antidepressants and everyone's on all this stuff. And it's like, yes. I think people have moved so far away from what it was that previously gave meaning, you know, whether or not someone believes in God, religion gives people meaning having children yeah. gives people meaning a marriage, marriage gives people meaning, you know, you're living in this time. People are like, oh, marriage is, marriage is outdated. You know, people say, oh, marriage is, we don't need that. Uh, you know, if you want to, you know, like all the, all the kind of traditional things that previously I believe sort of held that fabric of society together for the most mm. part it's being lost i just think it's all getting very fractured and as a result people are turning to other things you know people are turning to consumerism and just i'm just going to i'm just going to go shopping like i feel sad so i'm just going to go to the shopping center i'm just going to spend money i'm going to go into debt because i it makes me feel better for a couple hours yeah. i'm going to go to the sh- i'm going to go to the club i'm going to pop champagne to impress some women i don't know who don't even like me and you see it manifest in, in all these sorts of yeah. weird behaviors, you know, you see but when it. Um...
3: You, when okay, you sorry. say religious, when you say, mm-hmm. see, the thing is for me, I'm, I would, it's different. I, you know, potato, potato, or tomato, tomato. <laughs> I, call it, I call it spirituality because I okay. think, I think people's loss of connection, because like I said, in my system, being a pantheist, it's loss of connection with the source of everything, which is essentially energy, which is essentially yourself which is essentially nature also,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, the total disrespect and disregard for nature, right? is crazy for me yeah. because nature is the thing that gives you, that literally gives us life.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the the natural environment lives, literally gives us life. And we have been become so disconnected from it that we look at it and we shun it and we put it in a box. We're like, Oh, look at that. That's nice. It's like, yeah, it, that's the natural stuff. So, you know, I feel like you may say religion, which I understand. You may feel like it's a maybe,
2: maybe. Maybe God is a better term to use than religion. What I mean is, well, even God in... God to me is nature. Yeah, well, it may well be. I mean, God to me is nature in a way mm. that makes You know what I mean? So I may have um, a different view of God. I mean, even the word God itself can be complicated because one hundred percent. Two, two people know. can. Two people can say God. <laughs> And, you know, so what you were just describing in terms of nature and energy and, you know, everything being interconnected to me in a way, that's, that's in a way what I perceive God as, mm. you know, like, I think sometimes when people say God, they think, you know, man with a beard in the sky sort of thing. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, what, yeah. What, what I think of like the concept of God, I'm thinking of. All it's all encompassing to me. It's like you know, it's the universe. It's it's nature. It's the it's the planet. It's the people. The people in it. You know, I believe man is made in the image of God. Right. So when I see another human being, I'm seeing then like, God would be a, a, God would have a beard then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> certainly in some cases, right. So and and again, you know, it, you can people can argue the semantics, but the truth is, if you if you treat other people like I try to treat other people as if they are a reflection of God, I'm not perfect at it. But if I'm looking at all these other individuals in the world and I'm thinking, okay, these people are made in the image of God. This is like some reflection of God. And if I'm looking at nature and I'm looking at trees or I'm looking at animals or wh- whatever and I'm thinking, okay, this is these things are God's creations, then that automatically gives me like a a respect and a gratitude that... You know, maybe maybe I could have without my religious belief. Surely, I, surely I could. Which
3: is similar to I um, said being a pantheist because you believe mm. everything is interconnected. Oh so yeah. You treat, so you treat everything as it being interconnected. So if I if I basically hurt you, I hurt me. Mm. You know, because essentially we are of the same energy. We are of the same source. Yeah. yeah. It's similar.
2: So, yeah. Sorry to jump in. Look, what I what I think is that um, the way I look at it is the the, the religion the religion argument. It's a, it's an interesting discussion. You know, I like to talk to people like yourself with different views on it Mm. because i think that um i think one of the powers of religion i mean one thing that's interesting is that the fact that it's always existed and continues to persist so much to this day so even from even from a purely scientific evolutionary perspective it seems like there's an evolutionary reason for religion um the idea you just explained is in a way it's, it's a little bit complicated right so you're you're a smart guy you can like deduce that yourself you can work it out but i think like on a so it works for you on an individual level i think if you're if you're expanding this to thousands or millions or even billions of people i think it's useful to have like uh not even a simplified form but you need to are you, are you like saying a,
3: human beings like, are simple simpletons?
2: a lot of them are yeah okay fair enough is it not true you're on twitter aren't you <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: So okay. you know okay. like I,
2: I think you know it's an abstraction. So even that idea you've taken I mean it's it's interesting because we know in the past and even now you know you've got cultures or societies where you know they're polytheistic so they believe there's a god of night, a god of day, a god of yeah. a, a god of the trees, a god of the rain, a god mm. so so it's almost the same idea but at different levels of uh, abstraction. You kind of see what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's kind of yeah. all the same whether you call it pantheism or polytheism or monotheism the, the idea is
3: to be connected kind of the something. same
2: yeah it's kind of the same it's just like a different level
3: of yeah but you're yeah but you're going you're, you're gonna go to hell for that man <laughs> 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 you, know, don't... You, you, don't, you don't talk like you don't talk like a regular christian I'm
2: just dude i'm i'm um i'm a big thinker i'm a i'm a i'm an intellectual okay. like I, sure. I like to i, I like it Yeah. I like, I like like to think, and I'm, I'm very, um, like I said, I've got my personal beliefs, but I'm also, I try as much as I can be to be pragmatic and to be rational. You know, I know both of my parents are Christian. My whole family's Christian. I'm sure if I were born into a Muslim family and if I were raised as a Muslim, I'd probably be a Muslim. If I were born into a Buddhist family and raised as a Buddhist, I'd probably be a Buddhist. So I, I recognize that my beliefs are somewhat circumstantial. Yeah. Circumstantial. I I understand. And that's for, that's for a ton of people. So of course I went through that stage, especially, you know, as a teenager, as a young adult where, you know, you're, you're questioning things and you're, you know, you're going through the different, you're going through the different, um, arguments and seeing different perspectives and things like that. Mm. And I, and I think that's important. I think it's, I don't think it's good to, um, believe blindly. Right. I don't think it's, yeah. You know, I think if you're a religious person and you've never questioned your own beliefs at any point, I don't know, like, I'd say you're not really, I don't know, I don't, yeah, yeah, you're you're not thinking, no, because it's like, how can you not have, how can you not at any point have like certain doubts or certain questions or anything like that? And I think most people, Mm. if they're being honest,
3: but that might come with mature, but that comes with maturity, Mm. I think, and not just, I'm I'm not talking about age, I'm talking about psychological maturity and that can, you know, because you can have be 50 and 60 and still not question. Oh sure. I just think, um yeah it it comes with some kind of psychological maturity and 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 also a sense of um humility put the ego aside and the arrogance aside and say you know what you know i might not be right on this yeah but i'm okay with not being right but it's still cool for me exactly you know i mean that that comes with a sense certain sense of humility and um generally in my experience um I don't generally come across those types of religious people. Generally oh, so that, you, you're, you're unique.
2: Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think are, I think I'm a unique in quite a lot of ways. Yeah, women, so, yeah, yeah. So that's good. I think that's a personality thing. I mean, it, it's funny because I, I feel the same way with a lot of atheists. You know, I've come across some atheists who are really, you know, militant. You know, mm. the the joke I like to make with them, which always always annoys them is I'm like, "Mate, you're you're more religious than I am." I'm yeah. telling I'm telling you this is what I believe, but I might be right. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, not you' yeah. not you're not you're not giving me an inch here you an know inch, what i mean you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not giving me an inch I'm just trying to explain like I'm not saying you need to believe what I believe I'm just trying to explain you're like nope 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 like this is this is yeah. it I'm like, okay, so tell me how the world was created and then you know they'll tell me all this story about a bolt of lightning struck the primordial ooze and there was some huge explosion and you know and I'm kind of like, how do you know that yeah <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how do you how do you know that? Like we don't know what we don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. And you're trying to tell me what happened 200 million years ago. And they yeah. like, yeah, but science. And I'm like, well, have you looked into it? Or are you are you also acting on faith? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I don't know how the world I mean, is. I don't know.
3: Like I said, in my some, for me, some questions are not able to be answered because no. we just weren't there. I, I really do believe some questions are not able to be answered and i think with that humility comes a little bit with it comes it comes balance i think you get a little bit more balanced you know you won't there are certain arguments you just won't get into because you're like you know what it's just not worth it because it's not going to go anywhere you know if i buy it and they buy it it's just going to be two pit bulls with a bone it's it's pointless Mm. and you know and just because you've got the bone it doesn't mean just because you're the most aggressive it doesn't mean you win the argument and that's what uh i've come to find so it's like okay cool i understand now when to just say you know what you know just do you you know i'll do me we don't we don't agree we can agree to disagree it's fine and that's why i want people to tune in to the black opinion
2: absolutely man <laughs> i've got to plug absolutely. it no that'd be it's that's all good man um you know we've got um I'll probably go for about another five minutes so i'll, I'll definitely okay. ask you about that in a sec but yeah. what i was going to say just um last thing on that topic is ultimately with a lot of these debates especially things about like how did the world begin how did you know mm-hmm. what was the beginning the truth is it doesn't really matter you know what i mean it's it's an interesting conversation
3: in the grand scheme of things in the yeah. grand
2: scheme of things though in terms of how we live our lives from now onwards like we're we're here we can accept it. I'm assuming yes. we can accept that we are here and we exist. Yes. So the more important question to me is like, okay, how do we how do we live our lives? How do we structure society? How do we increase peace, minimize war, and you know, hopefully all be happy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So
3: yeah, ar- yeah, yeah.
2: arguing over what happened hundreds of millions of years ago, it doesn't really it's like it's it's a fun intellectual exercise, but yes. in the grand scheme of things, it's like yeah. Who cares, bro? We're here. So tell us what you're working on now and what you've got coming up.
3: Okay, so what, what I'm working on now is the Black Opinion uh, discussion show. Myself, Big Bro, and Marcus Loveless. You can catch that on my YouTube channel. We've got three episodes out at the moment. So the Black Opinion is that. Um, also, I'm going to be filming a documentary um, after that on I don't want to tell you people what it's about but it's definitely something I think people will be interested in and hopefully by the end of the year I've also written a movie by the end of the year I, I hope to at least shoot the promo for that movie okay. so mm-hmm. uh, but the first initial thing right now is the black opinion and um, hopefully by the summertime we can do a live um, either on the street or in a venue the black opinion I want everyone to kind of, yeah, get on the train, you know, subscribe to the YouTube and the Twitter and the Instagram. And yeah, follow me. The black opinion, the black opinion isn't just for black people. It's for everyone. It's basically three black guys sitting down. I want to get discussions going. I want to get people thinking.
2: That's awesome, man. Well, that's what it's all about. And I hope that's what we've done on this show. today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Sarah Garvey, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much, ZB. Thanks for having no me. No doubt, man. man. And um I'm sure we'll talk again soon. All right then, bro. Okay, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace. I am the man sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame.